Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, the crappy quiz, and a slight tangent. Does that count? <laughs> Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Okay, you're very welcome back to OTBAM. It's Cameron Hill here. Hope you're having a good morning. Uh, so, Super Value, along with its team of ambassadors in the Gaelic Players Association, hope to encourage Ireland's Gaelic Games community to wear their rainbow laces with pride and show their support for the LGBTQ plus community in Ireland. During the month of June, rainbow laces will be available to purchase in local Super Value stores across the country, with all proceeds going to support belong to LGBTQ plus Youth Ireland. And I'm delighted to say as part of it today, a GAA referee and LGBTQ plus advocate, David Goff, joining me. David, how are you doing? I'm very well, Cameron. Thanks for having me on. Not at all. Um, can you just explain a bit more about the Pride Laces and the Rainbow Laces in- initiative and how it came to being and how popular it's been? Um, so this is Super Value's third year involved in the sponsorship of a DNI campaign in conjunction with the GAA and the championships. Um, each year they have built upon the campaign and I'm delighted to say this year has finally culminated in a Rainbow Laces campaign, which was launched just last weekend. Um, it's a hugely important campaign for me um, because it leads to greater visibility within the GAA. And I suppose on the back of the GAA's decision um, earlier in the year to prevent pride and, and, and charity organisations from being worn on playing gear well boots don't constitute playing gear so uh, Super Value came up with a wonderful initiative to launch a Rainbow Laces campaign and to bring on board Belong to uh, Youth Services in Dublin um, as their, their charity partner and it's just fantastic that three very distinct uh, and unique organisations within community in Ireland be that uh, the GAA Super Value um, and, and, and belong to working with Pride have, have launched this uh, initiative to create greater visibility around LGBT players and, and, and uh, attitudes within within sport in Ireland. I get on to uh, the what you mentioned earlier this year, but on the subject of those sorts of gestures and visibility. We've seen in the past in different sports that it's actually the denial of those um, aspects and those initiatives that have had the greater power. So thinking back to the Qatar World Cup and the one love armband, which seemed like something of a meaningless gesture until um, the authorities didn't want players wearing them at the World Cup. It, it suddenly takes on a power of its own. So those kinds of gestures and those shows of visibility, do you think they have a big effect they have a massive effect and it was no different than my own attempt to wear a wristband in 2015 at the marriage equality referendum. The refusal of the GA to allow me to wear that certainly garnered an awful lot more attention around the wristband than ever it would have gotten had I worn it. It was supposed to be a small section of the sports paper in the Sunday Independent the following day and it ended up on the front page of the main newspaper because it was refused. So we can see clearly that it is their refusal to move with society's morals and values and the way culturally that 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 the country is moving that that creates the greater um discourse um and and, and that's what happened in Qatar also um when there was such fallout uh, um within the world cup for the refusal to wear wear the the wristbands that's visibility 
is is key. And I'm hoping that this campaign will grow bigger legs outside in the communities around Ireland, particularly the young people, that will see these laces as the fashion statement for the month of June uh, and will lace up and wear with pride just as much as the inter-county players uh, will throughout the, throughout the month. You mentioned that uh, incident earlier in the year. I think you were very frustrated um, afterwards when Mayo GAA proposed to incorporate the rainbow flag and their um, jersey numbers and the GAA refused. Um, I know their take will be that they are an LGBTQ plus friendly community, but those kinds of incidents don't help, do they? No, they don't. And I was more angry about the GA statement and the language they used uh, around releasing a statement when they said their jerseys were sacrosanct. And I found something so religious and and, and sacred by Hollow Wright as a a very frustrating uh, uh, word to use in relation to um, jerseys. I think what they were trying to say was that their jerseys were a little bit more uh, meaningful to them than to allow them to be tampered with, but it singled out the LGBT community. It was subsequently that they wrote in um, rules uh, in the association to prevent that type of thing happening. And then as a result of that, we see the fallout with the Dylan Quirk Foundation. The GA is a community-based organisation and has a huge part to play in the social welfare of, of, of people around uh, the country. And, and it has huge social capital. And it should be moving um, with its its grassroots members, root members who want these things to happen. I mean, that was a very generous um, uh, move by Mayo at the time um, to do something so simple, so so visible, and so meaningful. We we, we had seen it um, on on FAI jerseys. I think they played Canada in the Aviva one time, and they had them. And the excuse was used: "Oh, referees couldn't." see numbers. I mean, nobody asked a referee whether they could see the number or not. It was just peddled out as an excuse. So it, it was difficult to take, but I'm happy to see that, you know, we sat down with SuperValue. I spoke to the girls in, in SuperValue around the rules and we said, you know, we can't do anything here. The players will be possibly banned from the association or teams kicked out. However, having read the rules, boots are not part of playing gear. And that's when we came up with the Rainbow Aces idea. Right, so it's a, it's a question sometimes of finding loopholes and uh, getting and across. There are plenty right. of loopholes in the GAA. <laughs> yeah, look, as as a ref, you know all too well. Um, yeah. I read the there was a, a survey done by News Talk last year, um, which said that a hundred percent of GAA players um, would be fine with someone coming out to them. Um, and yet I've heard subsequently that you feel that a lot of players still have that fear about coming out to their teammates, that maybe it's it they just don't feel that comfortable. Why do you think there's that sort of um, duality? Oh, if, well, if, I, I don't know if I, if I said they, they wouldn't feel coming out to their, their, their teammates. I don't think they hmm. feel com- coming out publicly is, right. is for them. They are there. They exist within the GA. I know them. I, they exist within the League of Ireland as well. Um, but maybe they do not want to be cast into the public spotlight around their sexuality. I know what it's like to have my sexuality plastered on the front page of a newspaper. It's not a pleasant experience. There's also then um, the issue around, you know, being cast into the spotlight and maybe expected to be a role model and a champion for LGBT issues when maybe you just might not want to be that person that 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 that's expected to carry the mantle for so many others to come afterwards. And it's it, 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 it's not a simple answer. There's a lot of factors at play. Um, each person's journey uh, with their sexuality is personal to themselves, it's their own. And they all have these, you know, different fears and and I suppose worries 
um, as to what's going to happen when people find out about their sexuality. I've realised nobody really cares. <laughs> Everyone's busy and, and, and involved in their own lives and, and they're just happy once you're happy. And do you feel that, it, as that survey says, 100% of players would be fine with someone coming out to them? So that feels like a great step forward given the culture over even maybe 10 years ago where I don't think that would have been possible. Do you feel that dressing rooms now are very inclusive space it's not really that big a deal or I think there's know. a huge change and shift in the dressing room culture um, that I would have spoken about very negatively before particularly at elite level now in GA which I can speak about you have um, all sorts of supports psychologists counsellors um, mental health coaches well-being uh, being a huge part of it and, and and the players now are far more equipped in dealing with that type of, of, of a scenario and will be very open to it they're, they're, they are um, elite athletes and they understand that um, to bring the best out of themselves on any particular day they need to bring their whole self and we talk about that at work quite quite regularly but their whole self to a game and, and I think they're quite open to the idea of you know that their colleagues sitting beside them could be openly gay, having a relationship with with another man, but that doesn't affect who they are or what they do in the football field. I wanted to bring up the trans community in sport as well. Um, Obviously, that's the T in LGBTQ+. And um, the trans community in sport haven't had the greatest relationship recently with lots of associations taking the step to ban trans women from elite um, female competitions like athletics, swimming, uh, cycling, the RFU have done it. Um, would you be disappointed if the LGFA and Camogie associations took a similar step? Um, I don't feel that I would be well-versed enough to speak on trans issues. I think that, you know, so quite often, and, and knowing from a referee's point of view, pundits often give opinions on things that they don't really understand mm. in their time. I'm not the right person to speak on, on, on transgender issues. Trans people are, and I think they're the ones that need to be involved in that conversation. I do see the controversy around it. I think it's important as role models. Um, we can kind of recognize the influence we can have, but my understanding is that they made that decision based on expert advice. Um, and I, I think it's important to involve people in sport, no matter what their background is. So then just in a, um, inclusion point of view, just more generally, um, I've seen people making the case uh, over the last couple of weeks that, you know, sports organizations are all for adopting the rainbow flag into their logos and everything. And yet there is a, a sizable portion of that community who don't feel represented by um, sports and feel like those moves marginalize them and ostracize them a bit. What can what do you feel, given, you know, the journeys that you've been on um, as a member of the community? How do you think those sporting organizations can incorporate them a bit more and bring them back into the fold? Well, um, I suppose it's it's a little bit more than just incorporating a pride flag um, or lighting up your stadium in pride colours or flying a flag inside the stadium. There needs to be conversations around inclusivity, but it doesn't need just to happen at top level down. It needs to happen in clubs. And, and that can be, you know, a manager of an under-14s team uh, watching a 10-minute presentation released by Coke Park on diversity and inclusion 
which will give him the ability to sit down with his uh, 13 and 14 year olds and have a conversation around inclusivity. What do we do when we hear non-inclusive language? What's expected of us? How do we react? And how do we support people who may be going through transitioning or uh, difficulties in coming to terms with their sexuality and how we support those people? Something simple like that can have a huge knock-on effect, just that these young people feel that they um, are, are recognised, that they would be listened to and that sport would be somewhere where they could exist happily as a member of, in this case, the GA community and the LGBT community. The Rainbow Laces campaign is, is a fantastic initiative by SuperValue to raise that awareness and that visibility in that we're hoping that it will pick up as, as, as kind of uh, a great accessory for the young children um, around the country. The parents will give them their Rainbow Laces to lace up their boots um, and to wear with pride for the month of June, and I think it would it would add a, a smile uh, to the the, the 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 members of of the GA communities around the country to see uh, the young people of the country wearing rainbow laces. Every time we seem to have you on, David, the um, issue of ref abuse <laughs> is always in the news. Um, uh, the conversation has probably gotten slightly worse with last month than the um, the Kenny referees boycott in response to that threatening letter sent out to. A Kilkenny referee. Um, we've talked to you about the assaults in Ballyfor and back in September or in August, I should say. Um, and the assaults on a referee in a Wexford Junior A football match. It feels like it's kind of getting worse. Um, I know last time we had you on, I think you said never in your, um, never has it entered your mind that your physical well-being would be, um, under threat when you're going out to refs, but, I mean, nine months on, is it in the back of your mind now that, gosh, I really hope I make it home in one piece? Uh, it is. It, it, it is. It's, it, it's small there. I tell you, when I felt it most recently was in, in the Ulster final um, when I refereed Armagh and Derry. And I don't know whether people can really appreciate what it's like to referee a match like that, to not know whether you've missed something, whether you you know you've potentially caused a problem or you know a game changing decision, and you see this flood of people leave the stands and run onto the field. If you're a player, you know you're going to be lifted up on the shoulders of those people, and 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 they're delighted with 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 the um with with, with what just happened. But as a referee. You don't know who's going to come in and, and do something stupid there and, and, and hit you or abuse you. Um, I have four members of my own family there who at the time I was looking around for as well because I wanted to make sure they were OK. Um, and, and that is a little bit frightening. I am not saying I want to see the end of people rushing onto the field. I'm just explaining the motions that I would have in a scenario like that. Um, do I feel things have gotten better or worse? I'm unsure. I don't see anything personally in my life, that would change the way I felt. However, that's not saying that I don't hear the conversations of other referees uh, and speak to them around what's going on in in, in their own counties. Um, and and it it does need to be looked at. And I think it's too simple an answer just to say, "Oh, Croke Park need to do more." Croke Park are doing the best that they can. Um, people need to sit back and look at themselves and look at their own values and their morals and where they are socially. Um, and it needs a whole cultural change. But I, I think we need to start looking at the person themselves rather than trying to shift the blame onto Coke Park. 
And that certainly seems to be the theme um, around some of the abuse and the responses to the abuse, not just of referees. We saw um, a couple of months ago, Lee Chin was subjected to racial abuse at a challenge match between Wexford and Tipperary. Um, So you're absolutely right. And last time you were on, you were talking about how respect, we talk about bringing on respect and, um, you know, fans and everybody need to be respectful towards players and referees, but that respect is actually this really intangible thing and nobody, no two definitions of respect are the same. The Go Games seems like a great opportunity to instill that in young players, that it's a place where, you know, the stakes are a little bit lower, you can train their skills, but also train them to treat the referees with a little bit more dignity and treat them as humans. Is, the, is that part of the plan with that initiative? Well, it should be. I mean, goal games are supposed to be non-competitive games where every child gets a goal. That's the whole idea behind the goal games, that they are small-sided, uh, that the children get to practice their skills, that they get to learn, that they get to be social and friendly, that there isn't a win-at-all-cost mentality, that there's no pressure put on the child, that there's nobody excluded or being sat on a bench or told, you're not good enough to play um, because you don't have as good a skill set as the person sitting beside you. But nothing worse and being excluded as a child um, um, from for, for games. And I think the, the goal games is a wonderful opportunity to instill within the coaches and mentors at that level, the parents, as well as the children, the idea of respect and respect towards the children playing, who are allowed experience the fun and joy of playing, but also for the referees concerned also. Because most of the referees at those levels, particularly in the bigger counties, are from, you know, a Young Whistlers programme. They are the teenagers of the transition year students going out to make 20 quid and, and enjoy their, their 30 minutes or 40 minutes of football where everyone gets to go have a go. And do you know, have you been or have other referees been consulted in maybe having a module like that in the Go Games? And if not, would you be open to that? Oh, no, I, I deliver um, the um, Young Whistlers programme for coming to one school in Dublin where we train up uh, primary school children to, to, to referee the games at, at, at half time uh, in Crow Park. And I know there are Young Whistler programmes in many of the counties and um, probably the most successful one I think is ran is ran by Dublin. But I've been involved with, 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 with the Young Whistlers programme in Mead and it's a fantastically um, foresightful initiative to get young people involved in 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 refereeing, I mean, the the rat report cost me euro to send in, but they're getting twenty euro for their morning's fun, and that's what it should be. It's supposed to be fun. And those kind of programs, I know you've said it in the past that a lot of people don't go into refereeing voluntarily; that it's usually someone hasn't turned up and they need um, someone who kind of understands the rules. But you'd like to see a. Of, or envision a world where kids are actually doing it because they want to and that there's an, enough of an incentive there that you go, actually, I mightn't want to play, but I can still get involved by being a ref and it's actually an attractive prospect. Is there one thing you think that, maybe it's not um, limited to GAA, but sport in general, do you think there's something that we can do to make that more incentivized and to get more young people involved? Um, That's a really, Really difficult one because I'm not sure I've ever thought about that. Something to incentivize uh, referees. Um, it's a very difficult job to get into, and you're expected to know the rules at a level far beyond players' managers' knowledge of them. But I mean, a clear pathway, I suppose, is 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 vital at that. You know, if you're a, a young fella and you're brought to under under fourteen county squads or trials, I don't know, sixteens, you know, and you're put on a, a divisional squad, south or north. 
and you're brought on to the, the county team, that there's a career pathway there for you. And this should be the same within within refereeing pathways as well, that there can be a clear pathway that people would understand. I mean, Thomas Gleeson from Dublin, I think, is the best example of of um of that that we can that we have. He he was a goal games referee, you know, played did the coming a month school, primary whistlers, the goal games within Dublin and is now refereeing at elite championship level. Um, or certainly within the national league at the moment, um, and going for elite championship level, and and to to be able to see someone like that progress from a child right up to to an adult referee is is, is fantastic. I think it's a positive note to end on, David. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. Um, you were speaking as part of the Wear with Pride Laces Initiative for Pride 2023, and during the month of June, rainbow laces will be available to purchase in local super value stores across the country, with all proceeds going to support belong to LGBTQ plus youth Ireland. David Goff, GA referee, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.